Welcome to FMC Radio, your officially unofficial source for all things Free Methodist. From in-depth discussions with key FMC leaders to daily updates from General Conference, we want to keep a consistent stream of information flowing to you regarding where God is leading the Free Methodist Church. I'm your host, Josh Avery, and I want to invite you to sit back, relax, and join us as we learn together now what it means to be Free Methodists in this episode of the FMC Radio Show. Thanks for listening. Episode 159, November 16th, 2020. And uh, that's hard to believe that it's November 16th. That means next week already is Thanksgiving. And I know, of course, that Thanksgiving is going to look very different for a lot of people. Uh, Most of us listening, you know, you may not have family that's flying in this year from out of state. Uh, You may not be able to get together with as many people as you normally do because of the coronavirus. Um, I know there's a lot of changes, but I just encourage you to stay um, in the hope and the peace and the joy of Christ, the, the joy that Christ offers this year, um, especially as we get into those times where we're not going to be able to have uh, normal Thanksgivings, normal Christmas celebrations. Um, I know that those things are going to be impacted for many of you, and so uh, don't lose heart, you know, don't uh, get upset, or don't feel that stress coming on your shoulders, that depression. Just allow that uh, to just wash over you, um, that, that peace and that joy of Christ to wash over you. Um, in the midst of what could be a hard, sad time. Um, And I hope that each of you experience, even though it may be different, uh, next week during Thanksgiving, and then of course coming up with Christmas, experience a very different um, but very healthy and very um, really just a worshipful uh, time in this very different time. So that being said, um, we are going to be talking in just a few minutes here to Jeff Foster, he runs a coffee shop called Common Grounds, but there's a lot more to Common Grounds than might originally meet the eye if you were just driving down the street and saw a coffee shop on the side of the road. We're going to hear a bit from him and hear a bit about coffee and how coffee fits into this whole puzzle of human trafficking that we've been talking about for a while. Um, but let's go ahead and pray for him and what they're doing at Common Grounds, and then uh, we'll get into our episode. Dear God, I just pray for Jeff and I pray for his staff at Common Grounds, all the things that they've been doing over the last several years. Um, We thank you for his involvement in their community. Um, And we know that, as he tells us, that that they've been impacted. The things that they usually like to do, they've not been able to do. The connections that they've been able to have, they haven't been able to have. And we know their main concern is building community in their community, building those relationships. And it's so much harder when we ha- all have to wear masks. It's all so much harder uh, when we have to distance and, and we're not able to gather for, for longer than ordering the coffees and things. So we just know there's so many aspects to Jeff's ministry that have been impacted by this. Uh, we thank you that um, his team and, uh, and, and his ministry there uh, has not been shut down because many small businesses have during this time. We thank you that, that it has not been shut down, that it's still operating. And we just pray that you will continue to keep it operating um, well past this threat of the virus 
and um, that you will keep everybody there healthy and moving towards uh, what you would have them do in the future, as they always have been looking towards towards your direction uh, in in their community and in this direction of freedom for human trafficking. Um, we just ask that you will be with us now and that you'll help all of those listeners who are listening to this just be, be willing and able to um, hear your message uh, to them specifically of how they can help in the midst of the issues that we're hearing and what they might do differently in their lives. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so uh, just a, a note that the music today coming uh, to us now and at the end of the episode is the title track from Remedy Drive's album, Commodity. series with set free movement leaders all across the world and today I'm excited to talk to Jeff Foster because I know first and foremost we have something in common which is a love for coffee and that's a good place to start. Uh, <laughs> Jeff thanks for coming on and talking to us today. Good morning Josh thanks for inviting me. Yeah absolutely if, I, I feel like there's a lot happening in the direction of freedom in Illinois this is like the third time in my series of recordings I've been talking to somebody now from Illinois so it's exciting to see what's happening, and um, you know, I, I don't. I, this is the first time today that we've talked in person, um, and so I want to know a little bit more about you, and I'm sure our listeners do too. Of kind of, um, how do you plug into kind of going back in time? How do you plug into this issue of human trafficking, and um, why is it so important for you to do something about it? Well, I guess it starts for me, I am a Chicago native, um, and, um, you know, kind of grew up a little bit uh, in a suburban setting, um, but very close to the more impoverished areas of Chicago. So it all really starts for me with racial injustice and mm. inequality issues. Um, I would, uh, when I began to um, uh, serve, um, serve the Lord. I, I, you know, returned to church in my uh, late twenties uh, to Moody Church in Chicago, historic Moody Church, and um, there there was a great deal of emphasis on mission, and um, you know that I think that's what spearheaded some of my uh, passion for this. Um, while serving there, I um, I started to volunteer in Chicago's housing projects for a program called. Uh, by the hand club 
um, and I became staff um, after about um, six years. I I left that program to attend seminary, so I started my, my pastoral journey at that point. Um, so um, while seeking um, that direction, you know, really, really, truly seeking, trying to figure out is this where I'm best suited? Am I a pastor? Am I strictly an evangelist, missionary? Um, I came across an Indian mission and, and a board member from uh, someone who was affiliated with Moody Church um, named Ernest Small, a native Indian um, who uh, from he's from central India. And um, he invited me to um, this this. Uh, they were doing a banquet for for fundraising for Indian mission projects. So it really started around India, and I I started to serve in this uh, you know Indian mission field. Traveled to India. Did, uh, so as a graphic designer, that's probably that uh, you know part of the story is I didn't I didn't begin um, trying to fight human trafficking as a minister, but a um, but as a graphic designer. So mm-hmm. we traveled to India, took a, a, a lot of pictures and, and um, gathered stories to, to put in our um, donor relation tools and fundraising tools. And so that, that was about a four year journey for me. Uh, I raised my own support for that position while attending seminary. And um, I tell you, I was only in India for just under a month. But I came back, you know, knowing that, 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 you know, my experience there would mark the rest of my life. I, I just couldn't leave behind what I, what I had learned in that, in that situation. Hmm. Yeah. It was a transformative experience. Like thinking through some of these things that, and that, well, first of all, that seems to be the case for a lot of people's stories of, you know, getting out of their everyday, you know, we, we just take a lot for granted in the everyday and kind of just, well, this is the, the environment we're presented with. And so when we're taken out of that, either for short term or long term, like you're saying, four years, all of a sudden it transforms uh, how we probably even see the place we grew up in. Uh, so going yeah. back to Chicago, I'm sure you kind of had new eyes uh, for that area in, in Illinois um, than you did before. Yeah, it no longer, you know, I no longer saw myself as a poor black kid from Chicago. Yeah. Um, once I'd seen, you know, children who couldn't afford uh, school clothing and thereby couldn't go to school. Yeah. And many of those, those, uh, especially young uh, girls, would be taken advantage of and put into dire situations. Um, we were we were mostly about uh, raising money for adoptions and and. Um, and, and, and the orphanage, um, you know, that, that the way that orphanages are running in, in that part of India where we were working uh, was nothing like the quality level of what we have here. Um, so there, there's some serious issues there um, that the, the, the organization was trying to address. Um, back to America, I can see the parallel. I can see... The, the same issues in in a different form and in, in, in a different in different people group, including you know uh, black and Latino especially, um, you know there's there's an abandonment issue that that needs to be addressed. Hmm. Um, you know um, you know we we had a lot of kids who 
were below reading level and and they basically were being taken care of by older brothers or um, family members, you know, rather than having parents, you know. And that leads to, um, you know, vulnerability. Um, so, you know, the wealth gap is a big part. Um, you know, and you, you mentioned coffee. Well, uh, India is not a, a coffee place necessarily. I mean, they, they drink coffee, but uh, the tea industry there uh, is is has always been abused, an, an abused, uh, you know, um, um, what do I want to say, um, commodity, an abused mm-hmm. commodity. And, um, you know, I, I, I had fallen in love with coffee, living on the north side of Chicago, visiting. We have so many coffee shops and stuff. Yeah. And, um, and I, you know, it, it, it made me pause and say, wow, you know, these things that I take for granted are at the, at the, um, you know, at the abuse of other people who, you know, oftentimes don't even benefit from not, not just the, the, the wealth, but also the enjoyment of the product, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I could, I could start to see a, a clearer perspective on what we need to do in this country to impact the rest of the world and starting at home with, with our own, you know, some of the, the, the issues we have here with, with regard to poverty, limit our ability to be effective leaders around the world. Hmm. Yeah, I like um, that connection that you made that you pointed out to everybody just now of, you know, there's a lot of conversations happening in the last you know few months, last year, um, about racial injustice. And that's something you mentioned early on in your story when you first started a, a few minutes ago. Uh, but now making that connection between we know um, when it comes to human trafficking, you know, there's vulnerabilities, people who are more, more vulnerable than others based upon some of these issues like abandonment, like, um, you know, looking for someone to fill a gap maybe that was left. Uh, there's so many different aspects. And really, you know, that's not a conversation that at least I've heard um, that a lot of people are having in the midst of all the other conversations about right now about um, racial injustice um, yeah. Yeah. is not to kind of make that connection of, of hey, th- these things can leave people vulnerable to more than just violence, uh, you know, pol- police situations and those types of things. There's a lot more going on than, than just that aspect, too. Yeah, and I, and I think people are missing the point that it's not about the skin color. Uh, that There's a root uh, element of, of uh, racial discrimination, but at the heart of it is a social economic issue. Mm. And it's infectious. It, it, it invades communities. And, and we're not going to go back to Jim Crow. And we're not going to, you know, the, the suburbs are not going to be, you know, monocultural. Or rural America, for that matter, is not going to remain, you know, monocultural. And I think people need to get, get that, that, that sense of, um, well, that's someone else's problem out of their minds. And say, this is our problem. These are our people. We're all Americans. And we need to... Uh, not just make token efforts to to support people in other communities. We need to make a a, a national effort. Um, so what you know, like you you see so much of an uprise in human trafficking in areas that used to be, uh, like here in, in Illinois, Rockford wasn't always uh, at, at the highest rate of human trafficking. That happened over over the course of time because people migrated to Rockford brought problems to Rockford. There were already problems in Rockford before people brought new problems. 
and and it's just a, it's just a, a continuous cycle that needs to be curbed. And I think it starts with youth. I think we really have to look at the youth culture and really pay attention. You know, using social media is a big part of that right now. Understanding the conversation and um, and what and what we can do as as, as um, leaders to to um, help help educate um, other people to, to step in, parents especially. To, to see the, the dangers, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's that aspect of, for everybody, of that education, which, again, you you can learn uh, through through different means. You can learn through reading, learn through sitting through a lecture, those types of things. Then there's others who learn that kind of stuff to start to learn over time firsthand, as, you know, in your story, being in India and then kind of coming back, putting puzzle pieces together to see, okay, and it sounds like kind of the bottom line of what you were kind of seeing uh, the issue being is the lack of uh, community. So the abandonment creates yeah. the lack of community. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's where Common Grounds comes in. Um, yeah. We started, we started Common Grounds. Go ahead. I knew you were going to explain that. No, no, yeah. I mean, I was just going to say the one big thing that uh, stood out to me from when I was looking over some of the things about Common Grounds, which is the name for, for the coffee shop, um, yeah, yeah. is... <laughs> That word community it just keeps coming up on all of the stuff, and so it's like you know, uh, it's exactly the antithesis of of the problem we've been talking about here. Right, right. Not to beat up on uh, Starbucks, but yeah, community can happen at your local diner. It can happen at Starbucks, but from the ground up, Common Grounds was filled with community in mind. Um, how can we be a community incubator, a community hub, an advocate in the community where people of divergent views and perspectives, um, whether it's political views, religious views, I mean, we need everyone at this shop. And, and, and it draws certain people. So there, there are people who, who maybe they come in and they're expecting something like Starbucks, and they get a little turned off. It's not as fast. It's too cozy. It's too homey, you know. Sure. And they may not come back. But I do my best job, and I try to train my staff to do the best they can to to be an in, 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 in inviter, um, the same way we would at the local church. So in that sense, it's kind of a parallel to the local church. Was like, hey, come come in. You know, we have something in common. We both like coffee. Let's start there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and and it's amazing to see uh, relationships form. Um, primarily, it's it's with college students that we that we have the biggest draw. We're we're about uh, two miles from Northern Illinois University, um, but we're in the midst of downtown DeKalb, and there's a there's a lot of foot traffic and and a lot of of controversy um, surrounding downtown, like like this. Several businesses have closed. There's always, you know, when we first were doing demographic work um, back in um, 2015, you know, we realized that downtown is is a is 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 a point of contention to, to residents. They don't, they either want to completely wipe it out and and set up, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, we really have, you know, just just not make it a downtown anymore. Or people want to in, you know, revitalize it, and and I'm on the side of that. Um, you know, mm. revitalize downtown because it draws community. Yeah. You know, you get people out of their cars, you get them out of the big box stores, 
you get them to knowing one another face to face and and you know and, and it's a slower pace so i think there's starting to be a, a bit of a, a push in that direction um you know we, we don't have as much of a crime issue in decal as our neighboring communities um but it's but we're starting to see the symptoms of that of that um you know beginning to happen um and there was also you know a murder um you know mass murder in, in decal um i can't remember the year exactly but a lot of the residents still remember that intimately a school shooting and uh so there was there was a time of pause and, and reflection during that that episode. So there's a lot of sensitive people, spiritual people, but they're also a little bit, um, you know, um, com- uh, you know. I, I don't want to say complacent, but um, apathetic about about the, the, the town. And, uh, so we're we're trying to be a bridge. You know, I think that's the the biggest thing that Common Grounds has been able to accomplish is creating bridges. Okay. Yeah, and, and like you say. Um not to have to put down a, a, a corporations, um, but of but of course, I mean, there are so many box chains, you know, Dunkin' Donuts and and you know yeah. Starbucks and all these types of things um, that just because of the way that it is such a such a big business, they don't have the time or it's not the main purpose to to kind of accomplish you know these types of things. And, and you you know you can meet friendly people, you might actually get to know and have good relationships with some of the people that are working at those stores if you go in often. But um, I know that that from looking at some of your guys' stuff, like some of the things you're able to do um, would not be something that I would ever see if I'm going into Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, I know one thing, for example, I was reading um, is that you you guys uh, um, focus on five different areas, um, have these kind of five key ways of being able to mobilize that community. Um, One that stood out to me because, uh, of course... The spirituality, the spiritual development aspect of just being able to conduct regular workshops, hosting study groups, those types of things, that's not something that you're going to see kind of put together by an average coffee shop cafe. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. It's yeah. not something that they'd be able to do. Um, it, it, is, it is a disruptor of business, but it's a it's strategic disruption. Um, mm. And, you know, probably my biggest challenge, again, is, is staffing in that in – that, um, you know, um, faith-based format. Um, you know, we want we want to think about um, who are the people in the room and how can we pray for them and and what can we offer them besides you know food and beverage. You know, um, yeah. that requires staff and um, you know we're looking at some ways that we can grow, um, but grow st- strategically, um, not just for for the sake of revenue. We need we need more revenue, but we need. We need a, a bigger facility, I think, and 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 it's really important, I think, as a as a black business owner. Um, you know, became more aware. I became more aware of that recently. It's like you know, people people are very receptive to that reality. Is that this this me and maybe a couple other people in this entire area, you know? Mm. Um, uh, but but we ought we ought to take uh, have property ownership. We ought to have you know a, 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 you know when we when we're trying to connect with youth, um, we need to we need to be not um, you know you know expecting youth to come into a coffee shop environment and get and get what um, grown ups are going to get. 
Um, so let's look at ways we can maybe expand so that we can have a better facility. And in our case, we're looking at the arts because that is that is the, the greatest uh, pull of people who come to Common Grounds would be creatives. Um, mm. and we, we got law students too. We got um, you know psych psychology majors. You know doctors. You know off campus. You know faculty. But the people who really, really, you can see the, the widow's might, you know, they're putting their last dime into Common Grounds. They're creatives. They're artists, and they, and they talk about us a lot. Um, so we have, a, we have kind of a, uh, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a resource that we should take advantage of um, yeah. that other places wouldn't have. Yeah, really. It it uh, when we talk about you know we 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 put the words uh, create a culture of community and we and we talk about a coffee shop. I mean, again, people just jump to oh a community. That's where people kind of a community gathering space. And how is that any different from any of these other places? But you guys are are defining that, not just saying hey we want to be a gathering space for local college students. It's like. These five key ways that that are available that that I'll, I'll post a link to this um, so so others can kind of look at these demographics and see some of the stuff that you guys are doing. But some of the stuff that I'm looking at, you know, you've just mentioned two of these other ways. Um, it's not just to say, well, we'd like to have some community, but to cultivate creative thinking and expression as a platform for artists, writers, and musicians to convey yep. messages of justice, freedom, and healing. That's very specific, yep. and now you can do that in a specific way, just like yeah. you're talking about. We had to be patient. I mean, we had to become trusted. We had to become, uh, you know, stable. And I think there's an argument that we need to become even more stable so that, that people can count on us and depend on us and seek us out um, as, a, as, a, as a, almost like a lighthouse in the community. Um, sure. That's what the local church represents, and that's what I want Common Grounds to represent for a different demographic. And again, as a bridge, we, we do want people to find their way to God through the local church. And we have many people who are persons of faith, whether it be Christ, uh, evangelical, Catholic, um, we have Muslims, we have, you know, so there's a, there's a great opportunity there for dialogue. And, yeah. um, and at the end of the day, we're all seekers of good. We talk, we talk a lot about human trafficking and, and fighting modern day slavery one cup at a time. You know, that's kind of our motto. It's like, yeah. You know, we, you know, you, you, you can make a little bit of a difference each time you choose to buy better. You know, we roast our, our coffee uh, in town. Uh, we're partners with a local roaster who, who, who is an evangelist and, and a, you know, a person who started roasting coffee specifically um, so that he can have relationships with the farmers. You mm. know, so that's that's a huge story to be able to tell our customers. Um, and yeah, so we make we make that a, a point of, of it's like a starting point to the conversation. It's like what's different? Well, we, we, we first of all everything's fresh. <laughs> yeah, it's really good coffee. Yep, it's organic. It's fair trade. And and what is fair trade? Well, fair trade means that we give people what 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 their labor is worth. Mm. <laughs> you know, so yeah, you know, it's it's it can it can be happening in other places, other businesses, but. Will they make the effort to have that conversation and explain why it matters to us? You know, um, and so then that has, an, I think, it has an overlapping um, effect on our target audience. Ultimately, is youth. We want them to be coming of age in a culture where it's not just about making money. 
it's not just about um, being the most popular. It's about making a difference. It's about you know being an influencer. Well, we want we want influencers that that love God, you know, that love to serve others, and uh, so we need to create an incubation, um, a place of incubation for those ideas to spread. Um, so Common Grounds hopefully will be the one of many. You know, I don't I don't right. want this to be the end of the story. It's like, oh, okay, I'm in a coffee shop. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And now I'm going to retire. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. tired, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So well, that's, that's what's going on. Yeah, and that's great because, again, it's not uh... – you know, it'd be easy to just focus on, hey, I have my thing going on. I got kind of got to focus on on my thing. We're doing a lot of good things, but that idea of the education and the training, the mentoring, the leaders, um, you know, passing on that wisdom. And again, what that does is addresses the issue of community. People are looking for meaning. They're looking for uh, something that they've missed out on. And so now here comes, you know, you're coming along and you're able to offer. Uh, your experience, your wisdom, your understanding in this, you know, entrepreneurship and, and these issues and these types of things, and then help somebody else to kind of take that and, and do their thing with it. Um, and there's so many different ways that it plays out. And, and really, that's kind of the theme of uh, kind of overarching theme of all these episodes that we've been recording is, you know, we have what, like I said before, what you're doing is different from everybody else that we're interviewing. So, I mean, we have one group that says, well, we're, we're really good with kids. Okay, we're going to open up this home in Michigan for foster kids. Okay, let's do that. And then there's another group, you know, that, that has, works in the orphanage. And, you know, then there's one who, and we just go on and on. And it's this reality of, you know, again, just to bring up this phrase that Kevin Austin, founder of Set Free Always Uses, whatever you do, do in the direction do of freedom. Do in the direction of freedom. That's right. Yeah. And he's been, you know, you know, he's been my greatest ally through this. Um, you know, we had we faced a lot of challenges because everything started with church planting in mind. And mm. there's not a good category for church. You know, we say organic church planting. That's what that's how everything was was written out in our business and mission plan. But but by virtue of the term organic, you automatically are going to evolve and and we we've evolved a lot from the point of well we're going to have this type of service and we're going to do these things and we expect these this many members to something more esoteric and nebulous people love to come here they talk about it they share the vision of common grounds where they go and more people come because the message is spreading that's that's the gospel at work, <laughs> you mm, know. Yeah. If yeah. it's good news, it'll spread. Now, if it's not good news, then it'll spread in a different way. <laughs> right, right. And we have a challenge in the local church right now that a lot of good things that churches are doing aren't spreading, and a lot of bad things that society is, a, you know, no one's dumb. You mm -hmm. know, you, you think you can hide it, but the, the world can smell a rat. Yeah. And, um, and it's spreading, and we have to start to be about doing the things that Jesus taught us to do, which is it starts with the, the poor and the orphan and the widow. And, you know, I, I got to tell you, you know, a coffee shop is, is a great location for those kinds of folks to come. A, a person who's poor will probably get a free cup of coffee or yeah. more, you know, a scone sure. we bake too. Um, 
a widow is going to find hopefully some friendship, companionship, you know, and so on. And a child is certainly going to be noticed and cared for at, at the shop. I mean, that's the kind of people who, who spend their time there. Of course, COVID happened. Yeah, <laughs> so well, yeah. Kind of... he, though, yeah. I was going to say two things, and I, that was one thing I was going to ask you about in a minute. But I mean, the, the, I guess I was going to say... Um, you know, just again, just to, to your point of thinking of, okay, well, we wouldn't normally consider if we're looking at a church or a coffee shop, well, where where is the message going to be spreading? Where are disciples going to be made? Uh, probably more uh, church, we would think, than a coffee shop. But to think about the gospel again, the, the time of Jesus, you know, there wasn't a church, but there was the temple. There was, uh, you know, those teaching spaces and all the stories where the transformation happens. It's yep. very rarely happening in those religious places. <laughs> yep. Yep. So it's happening in the marketplace. Right. It's just all that. the same thing happening today. We're, we're seeing transformation in the coffee shops. And, and in the, you know, uh, one of the things that we're doing here in Youngstown is in the strip clubs. Uh, you know, we're seeing these types of things in places that we wouldn't necessarily think of. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I did want to ask you about what you just brought up because, you know, you've you've been able to, years of establishing these types of things that we've just talked about. And now, you know, uh, at least at the time of recording this, if, if you're listening when this first comes out, uh, you know, we're thinking of the coronavirus and it's like, okay, well now that was not expected. We're going to keep building on this, get gathering people together, you know, more and more, it's more people coming. Now, what do you do with this vision in this uncertain time of masks and distancing and all this sort of a thing? Yeah, yeah. So it, it really, you know, it, it really impacted us in April and May. We your revenue dropped to less than 20% of what we were. I mean, that's that's wow. that's enough to cause any business to just close up and walk off. Yeah. Um, and we didn't want to ask for government assistance. We, we, we are positioned as a 501c3. And mm. if we were going to ask for, for help, we we're going to ask it from the people who support the church. Um, wow. In our case, it's the people who come and they support the vision of Common Ground. I want to make a distinction there because there are people who are just customers, and then there are people who who connect with the vision of Common Grounds. Okay. And so we did a GoFundMe, um, and we and we posted on social media some things that we hope to be able to do, no matter what happens in terms of space and location. Um, we're still on mission. And uh, CG4 is our answer to the pandemic. Uh, com it would be Common Grounds for the arts. So Common Grounds Arts Initiative. Um, I re, um, you know, organized our board around people who have been plugging in and on, you know, with the vision. And um, we've been having meetings, and we're trying to see our way through um, to touch the life of this art community, this this artist community. Um, and directly affect teenagers in, in DeKalb and in, in, in DeKalb County. So we're raising money, um, and we're looking at spaces for the future, and we're just keeping the coffee shop going as much as we can. We carry out, and, and we've had a, we had a few weeks of where the, the campus was back, and students were able to come and, and you know in small numbers and be at the shop. Mm. So that's help, that helps, you know, but we can't depend on that. Sure. You know, and uh, one of the things we would do with a new space is, is open up a driver. That's the biggest limitation um, where our current location is. We have no parking lot and no driver. So it really limits 
the the you know the amount of people who can keep track you know um eventually people will sit down you know and they'll get the whole story and because we're also a bookstore they people can stop in look at books but they can't stay you know so there's still opportunities there but we have to be more strategic about how we engage um people who uh who are looking for a place to get inspired they they come in and and um, you know, I've had more conversations during this time than than maybe the, the previous six or seven months because um, everyone's everyone's so tired of isolation, right? And, uh, yeah. yeah, and online church. I mean, it's like, you know? right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's almost like online church is great from a learning perspective, but but we need to we need physical contact, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and, and more, you know, maybe more, maybe the church will get smart about ways we can have small groups online and that sort of thing. But it's never going to be the same until we can see each other. Yeah, yeah. And that and that's true. And it's just a matter of, like you say, um, being open to adapting because, you know, whether it's this or anything else, we never know uh, what may come in our world. There's There is a lot of uncertainty, as many plans as we can make. Um, you know, that's why James, I guess, uh, in the scriptures warns against that, you know, thinking, I'm going to do this tomorrow and I'm going to go there because really we have no control. And so we can just kind of respond to uh, what we know God has uh, under control. And um, yeah. so, yeah, yeah, it's just that, that matter of continuing to build that momentum and, and do that. Yeah, you know, CG4 is a mobilizing tool at the end of the day. We're doing that because it will expand our vision to, to, to reach the least of these, um, to inspire the next generation. Uh, but it also mobilizes the people who are tracking with us. We have, we have a, a, a vision. Let's, let's, let's continue. Don't get discouraged. You know, in a few months, we, we may be launching something new in, that, that, that is desperately needed in the community you know so mm-hmm. yeah. um so yeah that's that's kind of how god steered my heart and, and mine to you know it's, it, it's partly because of the the black lives matter um you know protests you know i saw my own kids um idol and restless and creative they're very creative kids and but they're also very well resourced compared to a lot of other kids and um and there are people who come to common common grounds and and, um they're facing the same challenges so um you know we can we can reach the 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 youth who are under resourced and we can be we can be an opportunity house for for the whole community yeah yeah absolutely that's awesome and I'm, I'm, I'm also excited about something else I didn't know that you mentioned, which is um, basically you have all my favorite things there now because you have coffee and now I found out you have books. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah, 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 books. <laughs> coffee, books, and art. That's kind of who there you we go. are in a nutshell now. Nice. Yeah, local artists all over the, all over the walls. Um, hopefully writers um, will, will start to um, publish with, you know, and, and, and um, you know, promote their books with us. Um yeah, you know, the bookshop, the bookstore model died, but but we kind of benefited from it because we we collect books uh, donated and uh, we give the resources to set free movement. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah, but it's a lending library, so mostly people sit down, read, share. You know, sure, um, and that's great too. Yeah, so, yeah, to share those ideas and share what they're learning with each other and whatnot. Well, before uh, we before we would wrap this up, I'm I'm thinking, of course, there's many people that are listening to this that. 
do drink coffee. And so for someone that's listening that never really thought before about, you know, one cup of coffee versus another, except for maybe, you know, the, the kind of brew or the flavor or whatever, um, what, how much importance would you say there is for coffee drinkers to choose fair trade products for coffee? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the more that we buy fair trade, um, and we've seen this as a business, the, the less expensive it becomes. Um, the market is getting better at bringing, you know, a higher quality product that's ethical to the market. Uh, we also buy, we, we, we have whole leaf teas. Um, I craft them now. Um, and, and, and one of the cool things about that is I start to discover who's producing these different um you know, varieties of teas and the origins of the, the of the, the product, you know, and then we can become more partners with, for instance, we buy rooibos, it's South African and it's connected to Nelson Mandela. How about that? Okay. <laughs> you know? Wow. So wouldn't know that if we just walked over to the local store and bought whatever was on the shelf and didn't give it any, any thought. Um, right. And then my relationship with Jack at Barb City Roasters here in town is because I was positioning myself as a fair trade, you know, coffee house. And uh, we did work with um, uh, Camino Islands in Seattle. Uh, that was a great relationship. That's a great product. But but to, to be able to bring something to the market fresher um, is, is, you know, there's no exception to that. So we're, we're 100% with uh, Barb City now. We buy chocolate um, from, uh, from a fair trade distributor. Um, and I think you know, it gives us an edge. I think people, it's not just a mental thing. It's the actual, you know, quality of product. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can, you can drink any kind of coffee you want, <laughs> but have sure. you had a cup, uh, you know, you know, with that, that level of quality and, and at a fair price, we don't, we don't cost much more in my, many cases we cost less than Starbucks. So, yeah. 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 Well, it, and it is interesting, you know, to think back, I mean, on a on a moral level, we know that if it's not a fair trade product, uh, that it is, you know, made most likely, almost undoubtedly by slave labor. So on a, on a moral level, we know buying fair trade is, is good for that reason. But then it's also interesting, like you say, um, the stuff that is it is made by slave labor, even in terms of thinking about clothing, uh, is often yeah, actually yeah. a lot less quality uh, because yeah, it's just all kind of on the conveyor belt of these of slaves making this uh, for a cheap. Uh, well, they're not getting paid anything, but for you to buy for some cheap, you know, dollar, and it's just coming out so quickly that again, whether it's a flavor or it's a product, uh, it's actually a lot less quality than if you pay uh, the additional. Uh, money to avoid the slave labor, but also get something more quality, which in this case is going to be tasting a lot better of the coffee. Yeah, yeah. And if you think about it, we're able to afford it as a small independent shop, primarily because like a church, we're supported by our our people, you know, yeah. our followers, our, our, you know, we, we have, we have, we don't have to be everything for everybody. We have enough of a core audience that will support us doing the right thing. Um, and that, I think that's a, that's something to consider, you know, you know, when you think of where we're positioned in a small environment, a small market, if we moved into a bigger market, I'd like to think that we would be able to repeat that formula. 
and even sure. more in a greater way, maybe even close to larger churches where there are people who could catch on to, hey, this is this is a way of giving, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, it's not just, oh, I need to save a buck. No, I'm actually going to do what's best for the world and for and for and, and, and bless God in the process. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes people could who do get overwhelmed by, oh, such a big, uh, you know, thing. Can I really make a difference? You know, myself. I mean, we just have to think back to the simple, you know, process of, you know, supply and demand. And I always like to, you know, consider uh, somewhat recent in the last decade or so a uh, surge in organic products because people said, hey, we want organic. We want organic so much. All these individuals said it that now you see organic everything. I mean, I think there is, I saw yesterday organic Doritos. It's like, what? what you get? I don't know why you need that, but they had that, you know? And it's like, it's the same thing with fair trade. If enough individuals say, well, that's what we want. That's the product we want. It's all going to go over to that. And it's going to be slave free labor. Yeah. And, it, and isn't it interesting, Josh, how the world maybe started this, these trends, um, you know, to do good in one way. <laughs> But we're moving in the direction of freedom God's way. And, you know, good is good. And God gets the credit, whether it's organic, because it helps the environment, because it, you know, uh, you know, it makes people's lives better, life, their health better. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. God is good. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it actually gives me an opportunity to have conversations with people who may not agree with me on some of my political views or religious views, you know, but we agree that, oh, we can do better. We buy compostable cups. You know, that that little thing that I chose to do, because it, it does help communities, <laughs> you know, um, it leaves a mark and people comment on it. Oh, they use they use paper straws and compostable cups and i'm like yeah it costs a little more but isn't it worth it right. to help someone else you know like, yeah so yeah. you know again it's, it's uh, i always think of the verse that says um be as wise as serpents you know yeah. and gentle as doves you know um i treat everybody kind but i'm also thinking like how how can i best touch their heart today you know what yeah. is it that they're looking for um, and maybe they're not receiving elsewhere. That's, that's kind of my constant prayer behind the counter. Yeah, absolutely. And in all these small ways just uh, lead to those conversations. Uh, mm -hmm. Something as small as a cup or a straw or whatever, it lead to those types of conversations that then get into the deeper issues uh, that we've been talking about. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. I know you're going to, uh, as we're recording this, you're going to have the lunch uh, hour at the, at the coffee shop soon coming up. Um, yeah, I gotta go check on things. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. But thank you so much for uh, taking the time and let us know here if there's any updates, and we'll we'll share them on the podcast as well. I appreciate that, and um, there'll be there's a link to our GoFundMe campaign and all the things we're doing at uh, at our website, uh, and it'll be on you know social media too. So great, I'll put a link to all of that in the show notes so people can just go right on the podcast and, and click on that. So that's awesome. Thank you Thanks so much again. This. You too, have a great one. I'm a soul.